This is Cyber Defense Radio with your host and cybersecurity expert, Gary Malefsky. Gary brings to you another globally recognized cybersecurity executive in the hot seat today. Sitting in my hot seat all the way from one of my favorite places, Puerto Rico, is Hector Guillermo Martinez. He is in Puerto Rico at GM SecTech. He's the president. I believe it's their 50-year anniversary, like Walt Disney World this year, something like that. And GM SecTech is one of the biggest and best cybersecurity companies in the world. Let me let Hector tell you all about it. Hector, welcome to the hot seat. Thank you, Gary. It's great to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. Um, the company was founded in 1970. Actually, my father, who was our chairman and CEO, started the company as a payments processor, a uh, company by the name of General Computer Corporation, 1970. And um, we acquired 14, 15 different businesses. We uh, were one of the very early independent payment processors. Actually, we were the first non-banking certified visa net processor, Latin America and the Caribbean. Um, around 99, uh, our company, GM Group, uh, well, we exited that, that business acquired by Banco Popular de Puerto Rico, which you might know uh, very well, stateside, largest Hispanic bank in the United States. And that became the first uh, NYSE listed uh, financial technology company um, today, a multi-billion dollar market cap by the name of Evertech. Um, our management team pivoted around 9-11 timeframe security. There's a lot of interest and a lot of appetite, of course. So um, our, our management team acquired uh, security companies. And that's how we got our start in InfoSec. Um, and at the time, and you might remember, Gary, uh, 2004, 2005 timeframe, cyber was not as nuanced as it is today. Um, it was more around network security, perimeter-based security, and the like. And we dabbled very well in that space with our first security operations center. Um, but we found something that most folks find in this space in that security or information security is, is quite fragmented. Mm -hmm. So we doubled down in something we knew very well from our heritage and our background, which was payment security. Um, accelerate to today, and today we have over 50,000 clients and end users that we service worldwide. We're in about 54 countries. Our operations, or our, what I called our, our field operations, are of course are here out of Puerto Rico, Fort Lauderdale in the continental US, Mexico, Panama, Colombia, Brazil, Chile, Spain, and Australia. And that helps us cover about 54, 55 countries that we offer these services. So we're one of the largest independent uh, cyber defense firms laser focused in the payment security space. So great company, great name. You guys are leading in managed service providing in the payment gateway area, right? Payment security, payment fraud, payment uh, hacking protection. Tell me more about that. Sure. So, so again, because of that heritage with the payment brands, one of the things which was very important to us is doubling down with the PCI standard. Certainly the PCI standard, which is composed of Visa, MasterCard, American Express, Discover, and JCB, started around 2004, 2005 as a common language um, to provide a baseline of security to all participants of the payment system. So that's really where we, where we honed in our experience, our expertise, and have grown um, both organically and, non -or and by acquisition, um, focusing in that space. Um, we do different areas from a prevention standpoint, but we also do reactions. So we're one of 21 certified companies globally by the PCI Council to provide forensic investigations. We also, we also have here in Puerto Rico, uh, one of those 21 certified labs by Visa, MasterCard, American Express. Um, we do malware detonation, MD5 hash extraction, all these fun things. Um, and we actually have an alliance with universities, both in Puerto Rico, as well as in Mexico, um, where we ha have phenomenal talent. I mean, really, really special talent, cybersecurity engineers that are really providing support in different areas of the business today. Yeah, one of the universities you work with, I believe you said they, uh, they're they an NSA uh, center for excellence. 
the National Security Agency, which means, you know, you've got to get PhDs in math and you have to understand encryption. And there's, I mean, it takes a lot of brain power to be attractive to the NSA. Right. Yeah. And it's interesting. I mean, Puerto Rico has always had phenomenal bench of engineering talent. Um, our university in the West Coast, University of Puerto Rico, Mayaguez, a great space where Lockheed Martin, Raytheon, General Dynamics come to recruit. And the university that we have an alliance with, which is the Polytechnic University of Puerto Rico in San Juan, um, they're an NSACAE. So our commitment also to Puerto Rico and to Puerto Ricans that want to stay on the island is to provide full-time employment opportunities in different areas of, of career development. And it's been fantastic both ways. Um, you know, these folks, young, 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 hungry cybersecurity engineers, Gary, have been performing penetration testing in Australia from Puerto Rico, in Cyprus, in all these places um, from here doing malware detonation, doing uh, blue teaming, right? Every single flavor of service that we provide. Again, and to your point, um, payment security is one of the areas that we, we cover. We also cover managed detection response, MSSP services um, to help our customers really have a defense in-depth approach to their cybersecurity posture. Hector, is it um, zero day malware that's a big problem? Is it ransomware? Is it a mix of both? Uh, is it business email compromise? Is it you know the, the latest phishing attacks? What's the hot button that's really attracting your company to solve problems for your clients? Yeah, I'd say over the past two years, um, we've seen, as in many places around the world, the uh, uptake in ransomware, Gary. Um, in ransomware, you know, we do, through our forensic practice, we actually do ransomware recovery. Um, we actually have a crypto wallet um, where we actually do settlement. So we have we do negotiations in-house with the threat actors, and we actually do, when the customer requires it, we actually pay out in crypto to get those crypto keys and help our customers get back online. Um, that's been an area that has, been, has had immense scrutiny um, over the past year or so. Obviously, we've seen Colonial Pipeline um, and different other NBA last year and, and other organizations hit by, by ransomware. You know, the FBI and, and federal law enforcement agencies are, are cracking down on this, which is fantastic. Um, so we've also provided kind of our level of support um, to different customers, whether they're government agencies or private enterprises that have a need to get back online. You know, one of the things we need to take a look at is, is helping our customers with prevention around proper data protection. So we actually signed a strategic agreement with Commvault globally. We're the first MSSP in the world that has this with Commvault, leader in the space. Um, we call it data preserve powered by metallic. And we have air gapping, data isolation, and data immutability, um, helping our customers have kind of that data insurance, so to speak, because again, the backup is the first thing that we ask for when we come in. And unfortunately, it's, it's an area that has not, has not had the, the amount of importance that it, that it should have. It does happen too frequently that the backup is flawed. And then, uh, you know, you hate to back up ransomware and restore it. That's another issue. What other things are you seeing multi-factor auth problems? Are other issues, other tips or ideas you can share with CISOs? Sure. And yeah, yeah, Gary, the um, uh, multi-factor is obviously something that, that has been promoted for a long time. And, and unfortunately, it's not there yet. We're actually working a, a case right now, an investigation case at a, at a government entity um, that went completely down. Um, again, the backup platform had a, a single sign-on, uh, not, not, not multi-factor or two-factor. And through that service account, the bad guys were able to get in and basically encrypt both the production data and the backup data. So yeah, multi-factor is a key area. The other piece, which is interesting, and this is something we're, we're starting to touch on, is, is Commvault um, recently acquired a company, a startup out of Israel by the name of TrapX, which is touching on all this deception technology. It's been around for the past couple of years. 
And so part of the strategy there is leveraging the TrapX technology or the deception technology to provide another layer of early warning. And we see that because again, we have four security operation centers, three in the United States and one in Mexico for 24 seven, 365 support um, to our customers worldwide. And we see this as another way of providing another layer because like with everything, you know, security is a continuing process, not an end product. And it's kind of the, the biggest message that we have out there uh, to our, our customer community. So you do consulting, you deal with mobile and endpoint protection, managed services. Uh, you have so many things, even physical security, I heard. Yes, so we also do IoT and operations technology security. So we also cover areas around telemetry, um, systems that have SCADA systems. So we protect um, infra critical infrastructure um, customers that have that type of necessity, which is really a, a, a combination or a blended approach of perimeter-based systems, so firewall systems, IDS, IPS, as well as some of those, those SCADA systems. The other area, Gary, that I've seen kind of a, an uptick in interest, and this is kind of within our expertise in the payment security space, is helping uh, clients have visibility um, in the crypto space. So that's an area that we, our labs are looking at right now. So leveraging some of the tools through understanding blockchain and, and being able to trace um, when a wallet uh, is used properly or improperly. And that's an area that our financial services customers, whether they are issuers or acquirers um, in that space, um, want to kind of dip their toes, so to speak, in crypto. Um, we can provide that level of visibility to say, okay, this is an exchange you might want to do business with. This is an exchange that might be doing not so great things. Um, so that's an area that I, I believe, at least in 2022, there's going to be a lot more governance from the federal government and other, and other uh, governments um, so that if you're going to get into crypto, there is some type of know your transaction, so to speak, just like there's know your customer. Do you see this as kind of the year of crypto in 2022? Is it starting to take off finally? We believe so, Gary. You know, we, we believe that uh, there is going to be more use cases. I mean, we've seen things like the NFTs through uh, the different platforms out there. Um, that's had a lot of interest. But, you know, the bad guys never rest, uh, as you know very well, and, and the audience here knows. And so there's going to be more tactics, techniques, and procedures from the bad guys looking at the crypto space because of that lack of regulation and lack of, uh, let's call it, vigilance. Um, they know that there might be some areas to be to have quick uptake in, in lucrative avenues. Um, and that's what I think will happen. So I, I do believe the governments are going to be putting more, um, uh, more of a demarcation line, right? More governance around the different crypto uh, use cases. And then it's going to be, I mean, it's, it's here to stay. I, I recently heard the uh, investor relations call from uh, CEO at Visa, Al Kelly. And the, the one message that resounded was that Visa is leaning more into the crypto space and they'll continue leaning more into the crypto space. And I think, you know, a leader in payments globally like Visa, if they're doing that, um, this is going mainstream uh, in, in rapid fashion. Do you see a lot of attacks on the back end, on the payment gateways? So yes, so, so the, the quick answer, Gary, is yes. Um, we're also a SWIFT uh, cybersecurity partner. So we also do assess and audit financial institutions that use the SWIFT system, which is not too different to the PCI standard. Um, it's, it's their own standard, but you know, it has some similarities. The good news is that um, all these security standards are, are, are connecting with each other. So PCI is now very well matrixed with the NIST cybersecurity framework. So now we're finding common language and a real way to kind of attach all these different things together. But yes, there has been more attacks to payment gateways. Obviously, that's where the money is. So the bad guys are looking to get in um, through different uh, different avenues. I believe that the crypto payment gateways, to your point, Gary, are much more vulnerable because given that they are not being required to comply 
most of these, you know, they have some contingencies, of course, um, because the founders and the, you know, the, the leaders there, you know, want to have a protected system. At the end of the day, this is all about trust, right? And trust is the ultimate human currency. So, so I do believe that payment gateways are going to continue to be attacked. PCI DSS is moving from 3.2.1 to the version 4.0, which is going to be into next year. Um, it's the first time that the standard is really being rebuilt, so to speak, um, from the ground up. So there's going to be a lot of changes. And, you know, there's going to be more um, requirements for even issuing uh, banks, which have not necessarily been in the lens of PCI. Um, typically, it's been for processors, gateways, acquirers. Um, but the issuers, um, even though they need to comply, the, the focus from the card brands has not been on them. Now the PCI Council is putting more language in there um, because there is um, some concern as to the cybersecurity hygiene of all these financial institutions, right? Uh, you mentioned that that case in India, there was one in Bangladesh, one in Ecuador. And so, so, so it's interesting because that whole space um, is, is moving very rapidly. Um, like with anything, you know, information security is a collection of, of, of items, not just one thing, not a silver bullet. Um, so I, 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 once I was at, uh, at one of the Black Hat conferences and I remember one of the speakers said, um, the reality is the attacker is always ahead of the standards because they know that the standards are out there and the standards can't change fast enough, right? So through what PCI changes every one, every year and a half, two years, the attacker knows that. So they know where to get in. So we're always in that catch up and we need to ensure that we have a defense in depth approach to ensure that we can protect our systems and the trust remains that ultimate human currency. Is SSL solid enough or, or TLS solid enough? Uh, and, and are you involved in looking for attacks against encryption, things like that? Yeah, so so, so good points. Um, you know, PCI actually is requiring, the, have been requiring for a while now, moving from SSL to TLS 1.2 or above. Um, because again, secure socket layer um, is has been around for a very long time, and it is vulnerable. Um, so that's that that's 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 a a good uh, and positive traction of the standard that you know keeping that baseline and, and keeping that moving target moving, uh, so to speak. Uh, but also um, on the way to reduce the scope of a of a PCI engagement is to your point whether you do encryption masking or tokenization. One area that GM SecTech is very well involved in is tokenization. We have our own tokenization vault, our own intellectual property. Um, it's a solution by the name of First Token, and we help customers. Um, and this actually, you know, we we built this because our customers are saying, "How can I make my my PCI DSS assessment less painful, shorter?" make it more business as usual and said well you know let's 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 reduce the scope let's ensure you do not have any sensitive information let's uh let's desensitize that information and tokenization of course is a wonderful way of doing it and it's something that the card brands um you know they, they like actually they sell their own tokenization solutions so we have our first token solution out there and it's helping our customers um desensitize their sensitive data so hector martinez the president of gm SecTech in its 52nd year but you look too young for 52. Uh, just teasing. F founded by your father, brilliant man, great history. Folks should visit your website and just you know look at the, the executive stories of the management team. It's just a phen phenomenal company, phenomenal history. Where do you see GM SecTech going in, you know, in the next couple of years? Where are you headed? Right. So, so today as a company, I mean, we're in about 53, 54 countries I mentioned earlier. Um, we're actually opening operations in, in Singapore, Malaysia, and Taiwan. Um, one of the areas that for us um, is part of our, our three-year growth plan is to encroach into North Asia. Um, today, we've had we've had some you know dabbling in different areas in North Asia, and because I lived in Singapore, um, that's an area that's very special or near and dear to my heart. 
um, knowing it very well. So we have, again, our, our office in Asia Pacific is out of Australia, Melbourne, and, um, and we're looking to North Asia. Again, Australia has always been a net exporter of talent. So we're leveraging that platform to ensure that we cover um, all those markets. And at the same time, protecting, continue protecting our customers. If we have services and solutions that we can um, provide more services, right? There's 12 requirements in the PCI standard. Um, we have services and solutions, whether they are through best of breed partners like Apollo Alto Networks for Firewall or for AV, um, to CyberArk and Privilege Access Management to our own tools. So uh, stay tuned to that. Um, that's a, a very interesting solution that brings together best of breed offerings in the vulnerability management space, in the crypto visibility space, wow. as well as in the deep and dark web space. So again, best of breed microservices, all, all SaaS delivered. Are there other verticals that are pretty hot for you that you've been able to help take a lot of their pain away and, and reduce a lot of risk for them in cyber? Right. Yeah, I would say, Gary, healthcare is an area of, of unique interest, right? Um, we have some healthcare customers, some important healthcare customers in continental U.S., and here in Puerto Rico, um, outside outside of uh, and we have some small customers in Western Europe, but outside of you know the more formal or mature economies, um, because of lack of regulation like a HIPAA, high trust, high tech, um, there has not been that much appetite from healthcare organizations. But I would say that in North America, in in here in Puerto Rico and the territories, there is interest because there's that level of governance, right? There's level of requirement um, from uh, from again from regulators from OCR. So we have been growing nicely. Again, HIPAA, high trust, has some mappings to PCI. We're also a high trust assessor. Uh, so that area for us is, is growing very nicely. I mentioned earlier the Commvault design partnership. That's an area that's been a, of unique interest. Um, one of our healthcare customers in, in Florida, I met with their CEO, and they're acquiring uh, new clinics every week. Mm. And I said to them, before you think about you know, going into the smorgasbord of information security, because obviously, as you know, Gary, our industry is, is an alphabet soup of solutions and services, I said to the CEO, I said, let's work on something as basic as data protection. You acquire a company, you more than likely won't know what they have there from a technology stack standpoint, but let's back that up. Let's back up everything. And then that way you have in that data insurance. So that's been kind of our, our North Star um, with, uh, with the healthcare side of the house, leveraging our data preserve powered by metallic solution. And in the government space, Gary, um, we also have a, a strong uh, relationship across you know, the different areas that we dabble in. Uh, a couple of years ago, around 2020, you might have seen a, an order that came down from the Federal Trade Commission where they fined first aid emergency services about $40 million, $40 million for improper practices and non-boarding ISOs. Um, we actually, part of the order uh, requested, the FTC requested first data, now part of Pfizer, to hire a third-party independent monitor to ensure that they behaved uh, properly. Wow. And um, very proud that uh, we were able to win or capture that program over big companies like PwC McKinsey. Again, we're about 3,000 employees in, in the company, but that's very small compared to these very large, uh, you know, big four type organizations. And because of that payment heritage, right, payment security, pay fraud prevention heritage, Gary, we've been able to become not only deputized by the FTC um, on behalf of the FTC with uh, first aid emergency services, but also providing that support, right, that handholding to ensure that they're nursed and ensure that they keep above board with re regarding um, their fraud prevention or fraud prevention excellence practices. That's amazing. Just for our viewers and listeners, uh, what you're talking about is one of the companies, there's probably only a dozen of these companies that make the mobile and um, online banking app technology work for about 8,000 banks in America, right? So, 
you know, Bank of America may have their own team doing their own code and their own SaaS offering and their own mobile app and all that, but most banks can't afford that, so they outsource to these folks. And you're saying, you know, they need as much scrutiny as the bank itself. Right. And it's part of the challenge is that in the merchant acquiring business, um, which First Data, you know, there's other companies like Global Payments, there's very big companies in the United States that have millions of merchants. Mm-hmm. Um, they have something called the Wholesale ISO program. And that's where you have the Wells Fargo's of the world, Bank of America's, where, you know, they they go in and they work with other companies and they associate them to acquire merchants so that they're part of the system. Um, and that's the area that needed more vigilance and more rigor, so to speak. So that's where we come in and provide, again, another layer of support. Um, and it's a multi-year program for us, um, supporting the FTC um, and supporting FDMS, now part of Pfizer, to ensure that uh, that wholesale ISO program is performing effectively. That's fantastic. Hector, is there anything you want to share with our viewers and listeners that we missed? No, I, I'd say that, uh, you know, we we come from a, a U.S. territory that, uh, you know, has had a lot of noise over the past couple of years with, you know, natural and non-natural events. Um, but the talent here is fantastic, right? Um, you know, we're, we're a company that is, uh, is a minority-owned company. We're a family business. We've been around for, for a long time. Um, and there, there's fantastic talent out of all the areas that we operate in. Again, um, our critical mass is in Latin America and the Caribbean, but we operate in North America, in Europe, in Australia, and really, you know, top-notch talent coming uh, from these pockets of around the world, providing support in, in newer areas, right, that are emerging. So, so again, always, you know, keep us uh, in, uh, in light of everything that, that's happening. GM Sectech, if, if we can support, happy to support. And, and come on down to Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico is a fantastic platform uh, for many different things, uh, whether it's a beach uh, excursion to, uh, to cybersecurity operations. One of the most amazing, beautiful places on this planet, great people, and it's called a rich place for a reason, Puerto Rico, right? Rico's rich. It's rich with intelligence and hardworking people and passionate people. So you guys at gmsectech.com, you have 52 years under your belt, over 3,000 people and growing in, in, I think, as many countries as years you've been on the planet. Phenomenal company. Hector, this is an honor to interview you, and I hope we get another hot seat together one day soon. Thank you, Gary. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to Cyber Defense Radio. Stay tuned next time for another amazing and informative episode. CyberDefenseRadio.com is proudly part of the Cyber Defense Media Group, where InfoSec knowledge is power. Cyber Defense TV and Cyber Defense Radio have launched 24 by 7 by 365 live streams. Visit them online today at cyberdefense.tv and cyberdefense.radio with your host and globally recognized cybersecurity expert and my good friend, Gary Malewski.